Grand finals upon us. Footy and frothies to look forward to, well, the grand final, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I went early with that. Uh, Daggy, Barney and Ollie with you to uh, give us our comprehensive, I just noticed my weird spam ad. Let's start the show again. <laughs> it's footy and frothies, grand final weekend, everyone. Daggy, Barney and Ollie with you to look at the grand final, uh, as noted in previous episodes. Mm. <laughs> uh, joined, very happy to be joined today by Action Bailey, uh, diehard Panthers fan, Resident Queenslander, yeah, and right. um, all round nice fella. How you going, guys? Good. You might get your uh, microphone a bit closer to your mouth. Oh, sorry. Is the <laughs> How's that? Yeah, Better? perfect. Love yeah. it. Uh, how are you, mate? What's going on? I'm pretty good, man. A couple of couple of beers deep down here, Penrith is fucking going really good. <laughs> Lovely. Amped up for the weekend. Oh, can't wait. I I just can't wait for it to be over. I'm so nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Like this. Para have the game to beat us. Yep. Like out of all the teams in the final series, I, th- I believe Parramatta had the team to beat us and the game to beat us. And, yeah, I'm really worried, really nervous. And um, yeah, what brings you down? Just a trip to Sydney or are you hoping trip, to scalp uh, some tickets? I'm meeting up with some mates on Sunday, hoping to get a ticket to the game, brought the family down for a family holiday, going to head in the city on Wednesday. But, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Good stuff. Will, um, Barney, looking forward to the game. How's the long weekend shaping up for you? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's been good. I took um, yesterday and today off, so I've had a little bit of housework, but I've had a bit of time to myself, which has been nice. Little one's birthday today, so we'll oh, go home and do some cake and stuff after we're finished here, which will be nice. And she um, destroyed a couple, of, a couple of dozen presents this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think the paper's probably still sitting there to be put in the bin, so we'll get around to that, but... How about yourself, mate? You doing well? Yeah, going all right. Again, just snuck out of work early. A few cheeky ones today. Family day tomorrow and uh, see what Sunday brings. No firm plans yet, so what may come. Shout out to Tony Cools, who's a good friend of the show. He offered me a ticket to the game, but I decided to decline respectfully. But um, hope you find someone. Feel bad now. It's <laughs> <laughs> Mike right here. We'll, we'll, see, we'll talk off air action. Um, and Ollie, what's, what's ahead? Yeah, well, I'll be heading there on Sunday for the game. I'm... Probably going to be doing the gauntlet now that well, I'm going with a couple of Penrith supporters sitting in the Penrith supporter bay and they want to watch New South Wales Cup at 12.30. But that'll be good because I've got a couple of people to meet up with who have come down and catch up with, so make a bit of a day out of it. But um, before we move on, I actually do have a question for Action Bailey because yeah, we talk about, about um, you know the, the bowl prediction shows that we do each year, of course, coming up in a couple of weeks. Now, I believe the last time you were on this show, you called in or sent in your bowl prediction. Now, I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I honestly forget and I'm asking, what was your bowl prediction? Because I remember you you, called, you sent in a, a voice message or, or something and I, I just want to know if it came true or not. I honestly cannot I, I can't, remember. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> like, I would have been drinking yeah. that night. Like, <laughs> careful. If you give me time, I'll find it. Couple I'll be on my of phone beers. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we should yeah, so try and get it up. Ollie, no, well, I, only, I only just, as you were talking then, I only just remembered... So I, th- well, I, I thought you, you might you have remember remembered. My bowl prediction? I, I, I don't remember what it was, but that because I was trying to think. Oh, you've been on the show before. I was like, that's right. It was. You know a, it was a bowl doing? prediction. You know what I keep doing? I keep tipping the Tigers for the eight, just because I like a a good that news might have story. Been, that might have even been close to you. And they prediction. got wooden spoons, so yeah. you know that's how much I know about rugby league. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't continue. stop me from you know <laughs> buying some headsets and making people sit with me and <laughs> pretend I know something. So <laughs> we'll move on. Should we talk it about the game? Helps the calls. Any, yeah, we'll actually, Barney, usually give our guests a bit of a grill and ask some questions. 
Oh, just a bit of background. Obviously, um, you you went back into the referee ranks back up in Queensland. Yeah, this year, yeah. I decided to uh, become a referee again. I've uh, I've had weight loss surgery and I've dropped a couple of kegs. So I thought get fit. I'd uh, run around with a couple of kids, and I really regret it. <laughs> <laughs> like ref- so just- refereeing, honestly, is the most thankless job in rugby league. I, I bet only the parents se- are amazing. Only second to being a rugby league mum. Rugby league mums get nothing, but mm. referees, well, at least we get paid. So obviously we're based out of Western Sydney and we see, I guess, what happens around here. How's the Queensland respect well, for the officials? Well, that's funny because I used to do it as a teenager for some spare cash um, when I played. And we used to, the, the players were very respectful and the sidelines, you used to cop a shitload from the sidelines. It's changed now. The sidelines are so respectful. Like the NRL has made... Uh, a big effort to make uh, respectful uh, viewing in junior rugby league. Like, just the spectators be respectful. Mm-hmm. But the kids on the field, man, they'll question everything. Like, you'll make a straight-down-the-line call and they'll question it. And it's like, motherfucker. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the man, I am the man with the whistle. This is what, like, even when I played, when I played junior football, you didn't question the referee. No. But yeah, it's so much different now. Young fellas, man, they don't. And young girls, they have no problem coming up and saying, yeah, you're wrong on that. <laughs> and it's so different. I wonder how much that's a reflection of society and how much it's a reflection it's also, of um, what we see on TV. It's also a reflection of so. how the players are, uh, like go to the referees. Yeah. In my opinion, like the players set... The example for, well, you see you know, week in, for week young out, kids, you? and the they're at the referees all the time, questioning decisions. And I don't, I believe the captain, captain challenge, has also led a lot to that because, yeah, like you don't, uh, you don't accept the referee's decision anymore. You can question it now. Where back in the day, referee, even if it was wrong, you made a decision, you just put up with it, and you got on with it. Now, different. These days you can't even play the ball without the hooker blowing up or anything. Yeah, yeah. Someone, they, someone wants a quicker play of the ball or someone a marker's being held. There's always something every play now. They'll throw their arms up. They'll go to the referee at half time and say, mate, what Squeal about and this? Squeal and squawk and carry on. And the play. And young, like 13, 14-year-olds see that and they carry that attitude into their games. Yeah. You've got a young one playing up there too, mate. Yeah. Uh, How's that? Emma, she plays You'd be loving it, wouldn't you? 14s. Sitting on the sidelines watching oh, it go? Not really because... No? It's really hard because I, I worry about her getting injured. Of like course. She's playing. Yeah. And with, like, NRLW becoming a thing and the expansion of the women's game, and she wants to play NRLW. That's her goal is to play NRLW. She's a young forward. And, like, with um, with the whole thing with the the pay, with the girls getting paid more and people are uh, – Upset about that. It's like, but you've got to understand the limited opportunities for women playing rugby league. So I'm all for women getting paid more to play the game because we get the better athletes and it develops the young girls better. So yeah, no, but I'm hopefully she makes it. But even if she doesn't, I mean, she loves the game. I tried to stop her to play it, but she just loves the game. How do you find the NRLW pathways? Well, or you don't know yet. Not not. That- um, Only because I know, and I'm specifically relating to cricket, but if you turn up and can hold a bat in um, women's sport in cricket, you, you're two steps away from New South Wales team. That's like, um, with all due respect to the top level players, 
there's not a lot of depth and the pathways are non-existent, more or less. Is it similar there? Is there no, either, it's much better. Actually, in rugby league, we've got a couple of clubs. I can only speak for Brisbane, but yeah. in Brisbane, there's a couple of clubs that really put development of the women's game in the forefront. Uh, Burley Bears being one of them. Mm-hmm. East Tigers, Wyndham Seagulls. They are really developing the women's game, so they've got pathways going up to the women's game, and that feeds into the Broncos as well. So in a very short time, they've done very good development pathways for the girls, and, like, you can see it now. Within Since the NRLW, NRLWs have started, their skills are a lot better. The yeah. level of game is a lot better, and I believe... I believe we're doing development properly in that regard. I mean, it, it helps that uh, we've oh, had we've had sevens. I don't like, want to rag on. We so do fuck them. The um, <laughs> WAFL is atrocious. Like it's oh, impossible to watch. It's AFLW. atrocious. They've gone and try to find every whoever they can under the sun and put them in singlets and shorts and pretend to kick balls well, around. Yeah, they've they've taken uh, they've taken athletes who've played basketball, yeah. netball. They've taken all the netball players, basketball players, and they've just decided, you know what, but, come play AFL. Whereas I mean, rugby league's got to step up to where they've had the uh, rugby union sevens program for years, has developed and touch football as well. So they've got the skills of knowing how to pass a ball, knowing how to read a game. Just to take that into the physicality of rugby league, uh, I, th- I believe the NRL is doing the right thing. I believe the NRLW is the best women's sporting product there is on. Television. Oh, definitely. Um, and definitely. if that continues to grow, um, yeah, I think you're on the right track there. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not expecting $10 million salary cap in the next five years, but, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, who knows? Yeah, exactly. It's all about what you bring back to the game to me, if you can bring it back. And then the, the other thing is how many hours of TV can people consume on top of what will soon be nine games of rugby mm-hmm. league, essentially. Well, everyone, like all the old blacks are crying out for three grades of rugby league a week. So yeah. why can't NRLW be one of those grades? Yeah, of course. Why, that, you know. I, why can't they be a curtain raiser to the NRL? Yeah, absolutely. So, no, absolutely yeah. no disagreement there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and just last, anything else for you, Mark? Last question. You're a big proponent of Queensland Cup and uh, had a bit, I guess, been on the ground closer than us with the Dolphins. And so a bit of stuff going up there. What's your take on how they're going to be next year and how, how do you think? <laughs> well, I hope, I hope they choke. Okay. I hate. Well, so <laughs> well, you're you're yeah. Tell us the story there. Um, are you Winham? Is it? Yeah, moved yeah, up. Yeah, moved you're up. Winham? Moved up as a young fella, twelve year old, thirteen year old, and straight into the Winham Manly system. And Winham and Redcliffe have got a massive uh, rivalry, as like the Battle of the Bay, pretty much. And so I've pretty much hated Redcliffe since I moved up. Yeah. And when when they Got the uh, license. I'm like, yeah, no, I hope they choke. I hate, just hate them. <laughs> well, I think I hate them more than I hate the Broncos, and I hate the Broncos so much. Is there appetite for an extra team? <laughs> there is because, like, you've got Suncorp, which is one of the best rugby league grounds yeah. in the planet, mm. and it's only getting used once every two weeks. It's getting old, but it's fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, it is getting old. You saw that magic round, yeah. but and. We're getting we're getting thirty five thousand people to a game every every second week, so why not put an 
extra games. So yeah. you've got a game in Brisbane every week. And it makes sense. Yeah, and it, it's it, good that you bring that up as well because I see a lot of people sort of complaining of that about, like, the Dolphins and the whole – I'll get your take on it as well – the whole them not being called Redcliffe thing and why are they playing so many games out of Brisbane. Well, the whole idea of having an extra NRL team was to have a second team based out of Suncorp Stadium. So if the Dolphins weren't going to do that, they just wouldn't have gotten the bid because that's the whole idea around yeah, that. So is that, like – what, what do you think about where they're playing at Suncorp? And I would have preferred the uh, the Firehawks or the Jets to get in. Yeah. But, yeah, the whole thing is to get an, another game at Suncorp. So get a game at Suncorp yeah. pretty much every So they're week. not using that Redcliffe ground at all? They, pre- I think it's they'll four use or five there's, games. There's seven. They've confirmed there will be seven home games at Suncorp. They haven't confirmed the rest, though, because I believe they're – they're playing games at Redcliffe and Sunshine Coast. So okay. I don't know how that'll be divvied up, but definitely seven games at Suncorp. They said their first home game will be there. And whenever they play home games against the Broncos, Titans and Cowboys. So that's they'll at go, least four of them. Yeah, so Suncorp. The lower drawing, like, say, yeah. a team like, say, the Warriors. Warriors or yeah. something. Yeah. Something like that. Will be played at Redcliffe. And that, that's smart. It, it makes sense. It's a smaller and, and stadium. And it's going to be the 3 yeah. o'clock Saturday game. Yeah, or the, yeah, the 6 p.m. Yeah. Friday game. You know, and the Warriors like, were based yeah. out of there for a year yeah. as well. Yeah, they so were. And, no, 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 my, my point, I don't know what it holds, my point is I think it holds up quite well it's as a 20, I think, isn't it? I think, it, I think it's, well, it's like 15 or something. It's a point of difference and I think it's a good ground to utilise as the NRL. I've been up there for a couple of Queensland Cup grand finals. It's a great great ground for... You know what it is. Fifteen kind of thing. People. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, and and again that that stadium will be a draw if, if it's used sparingly because it is Redcliffe. So I, I think that's probably a good idea. Another, well, just another. What question. it also becomes is come finals time, Suncorp becomes your Queensland yeah. ANZ, where hundred percent they well, can take games yeah. to to Suncorp, and, and it realistically opens the option for a Queensland grand final in well, the next yeah. ten years as well. For the okay. one or two. Home finals the Titans have ever had. They've been at Suncorp as yeah, well. So, right. so yeah. I don't think it should be, honestly. Like, because it can only get 53,000 people yeah. to a game there. It, like, if they want that, if Queensland well, want that, they need to expand the capacity. But yeah, that's it'll, just it'll be interesting opinion. too, though, because by 2032, there will be a Brisbane Olympic Stadium because part of getting the Olympics, you've got to build like an Olympic place so there probably will be an 80,000 seat stadium you'd have to think in Brisbane well, obviously this is a while away one, but I think 60s I the think they I but think they're going to redevelop uh Sun- Q2 okay ANZ. well that's probably a so, a yeah. better a better way to go but just my last question for you sort of on um uh like obviously supporting women and uh women Winham. well Winham and yeah. women obviously you spoke about the women's game um uh, the Chook Pen, uh, I've heard about it a fair bit there. Good atmosphere. What's it like? Have you been on the Chook Pen before? Yeah, I've been what, yeah? heaps of times. At Wynnum, yeah. $5 cans of beer. Oh. The sun on you. Uh, you. You're looking at the football game from the dead ball line with the sun. Oh, it just can't be beat. Like, <laughs> it's like suburban football on steroids, pretty much. That's pretty much all Queensland rugby league, though. Like, like QRL. Yeah, it's all suburban ground on steroids. It's yeah. pretty much what. Yeah, it pr- pretty is. much like, each team has their pe- own ground, don't people, they? People, yeah. people look at Leichhardt with the rose-coloured glasses. That's Queensland Cup for you, but mm. that's what it should be. It's reserve grade. Yeah, yeah. Like just it, a couple of um, quick ones, just on uh, the season overall. Was there any of massive takeaways that you got out of this year? Any major disappointments or um, the way things happened? Biggest disappointment the was the way Manly finished their season after the uh, after the Pride Round jersey. Well, it was women in league jersey. But they, they didn't win one, did, did they, after that? No, no. Yeah. And, like, 
I backed Manly to get into the top eight. So to see them capitulate like they did was really disappointing. Uh, Cowboys and Sharks were the biggest uh, surprises for me. Like, I knew they were going to be better, but I didn't think they were going to be that good. And just the ultimate disappointment is the Warriors. Like, you want a strong New Zealand-based side in rugby league to not only strengthen rugby league in New Zealand, but international rugby league overall. And to see Nathan Brown shit in the bed like he always does, just really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, all good. We, um, we're supposed to preview a grand final, so what we might do is get that out of the way now, 16 minutes in, and people are going, well, what are we doing? So um, we might come back at the end. Um, it'd be great if you can crowbar into a bowl prediction show at some point. Fun there. <laughs> we, might, we might Skype you in for a yeah. Zoom in for a, a cameo then. Definitely. But uh, we've got to talk footy. Let's talk about it. Sunday night, Penrith and Parramatta from, uh, uh, what is it now, Accor? Rain around, wet weekend, Apparently. interesting as well. So how are we going to do this? We're going to look at the matchups from bottom to top? Yep, All right, I think we'll, so. We'll go, I'll run through the 17s. I don't think there'll be any surprises in listening to this show who's who. But uh, for Penrith, Edwards, Staines, Tango, Crichton, Tuo, Luai, Cleary, Leota, Coruscant, Fisher-Harris, Kikau, Martin, Yo, Kenny, named at 14, but I believe the male is he's going to start again. <gasps> Sorensen, Lenu, Salmon. Come at me, GT. Uh, Gutho, Sivo, <laughs> uh, Penasini, Simonson, Blake, Brown, Moses, Gillard, Campbell Gillard, Marnie, Paulo, Lane, Puppy, Madison is starting, Brown at 14, Arthur 15, Kafusi and Nia Kore. So if we go through, let's break it down. We might go front to back. Uh, initially, we'll save our final statements for the end as usual, but initially, action, your confidence level's heading here. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous because Parra do have the game plan to beat Penrith. They are uh, their second phase play, especially from their back row, upsets our rushing defence. So, only thing I, I believe that will hurt Parramatta is a Wonga Blake. Uh, if Cleary can bomb the shit out of him, that that'd be really helpful. <laughs> and take and, note, Nathan. <laughs> and Penrith's fitness, like. Penrith, the way they came home against South Sydney, if they can do that again against Parramatta, who you saw Parramatta at the end of the Cowboys game, they were they were blowing. They were they were going. Reed Marnie could hardly stand up. Yeah, and I think that will, might play a bit of a difference in the fitness of the Penrith Panthers. Well, I mentioned how obvious that was in the South game about you know um, the dragging them out into the deep water analogy, and that's a big key here because mm-hmm. uh, it is ironic that to think that. The, well, it's not ironic. The fact is the fittest team in the comp's favourites to win the comp and um, the three or four clubs that seemed to whinge about how hard their pre-season was were in 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th. So fitness is a key. Funny um, that, hey. Initial thoughts, uh, our statistician supreme. Yeah, I, I agree very much with what Chris had to say, to be honest. Um, I can see the edges, um, the back rowers, which is another point that sort of worries me for Penrith uh, being a big part of this match. You've got Kikau and Martin up against Papali'i and Lane, who have been probably the two informed back rowers in the last probably three or four weeks. So I can see that being a, a huge matchup in what in how this game's dictated at the end of it. I'll get obviously a bit later on. I'll give what I actually think, but I do believe that 
any sort of outcome is possible in this game. And by that, I mean Penrith could win 1-12, to 12, Para could win 13-plus kind of thing. I think every result's within that realm of possibility and not just sort of scoffed at straight away. There are scenarios where any of those could happen. Look, I've said it. I'd say Parramatta's biggest positive still, and I've said it all year, they have had, in terms of their entire pack as a whole, the best forward pack in the competition. It's going to be very exciting seeing them going up against a Penrith forward pack where individual performances could probably overcome that. If James Fisher-Harris has an absolute monster game, plays out of his skin, he can probably get through that and shake those blokes a little bit. So I'm really interesting, possibly more than any other battle on the field, to see that battle of the forwards. Obviously, the kick... The Cleary-Moses kicking game, I'm going to be very interested in. We know how well Cleary kicks. We know he can kick Penrith to victory in certain games. It's going to be how Moses can sort of step up to that. He can. He's done it in other games where he's had terrific kicking games. He's one of the best halfbacks in the comp and got one of the best kicking games in the comp. So I'm really interested to see those two with the kicking battle and how that sort of impacts the game because I think Cleary will be kicking early. Um, especially in the first 20 minutes of the game, maybe on the third or fourth tackle as well. And it's going to be seeing how Moses can respond to that and seeing the field position he can sort of get for the Eels. I'm overall, without giving a tip, still feeling pretty confident about Penrith, the the fitness level. And again, I've said they've pretty much been one level above every team all year overall. And I still think that stands. Para can win it, but geez, it's going to be tough. Can I ask a question? I've heard you say about Parramatta being the best forward pack all year. Do you honestly believe that their back row trumps Penrith back row? Like a back row of Yo, Kikau and Martin. Well, you believe, Yo's, you believe Yo's the big... Their second row is... Well, Papali and Lay, if you're talking about the, the second row, it's 100% Lane and Papali have had a better season than Martin and Kikau, 100%. Okay. Out of those six players, though, and you talk about the locks too, Yo's the best player out of and, all of them overall. And Marnie versus Appy too. Like, well, Appy, that, that's Appy, a very close battle. Appy to battle. me, that's, I believe, he might be biased to me, but he's the best nine in the comp. I would go with Appy as well. I'd say it's a close battle. But in terms of, if you're talking, again, specifically second roles, Parramatta have them covered. If you're looking at the entire back row, I'd say it's pretty close, but Yo is far and away the best player of those six. Well, I have to say, at well, let's, work, well, let's at start. Work, let's start I, here. So let's um, let's start with. I guess we'll start with the back row. Well, here we are. Keep going. Uh, tell us why. Tell us what who you favour in the in the second row or department here. I take I take kick out over, take kick out and Martin over Parramatta's back row because they run hard, they hit hard. And they pressure the edges all day. They do not. They're, they're relentless. They they pressure their edges all day. They ask questions of the halves in defence all day. Like Liam, like Liam Martin is one of my favourite Panthers of all time. He's he's fantastic. You watch his work on and off the ball. I I believe he's underrated. He's just a fantastic player, and I believe that they edge out Parramatta's back row. Like all that Parramatta's back row have over Penrith is a is a sneaky offload. But if Penrith can shut that offload down, what have they got? I don't think this has actually been Martin's best year. He had a really good game on the weekend against South Sydney, and I don't think he's been horrible by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, definitely not. But yeah. com- compared to sort of previous seasons, I don't think he's been as good. And I, I could probably still, confident, confidently say he's not been as good as Lane or Papali this still, season. He's still played think. his role, though. He's played his role that Penrith have asked of him, and he's done it. Magnificently, I like, think 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this has almost been Villy's best year in a lot of ways in that yeah. he's become a complete back rower. Uh, and you'd probably agree to an extent that um, at times his defence is in question, his commitment is in question, and he wants to be a basketball at times as well. But I think this year he's made very few errors. Uh, he's picked his moments right, and he's been almost their yeah, – obviously Fish Harris is looming there, but he's almost been their best forward. Mm-hmm. And um, I agree with you that. I think Martin's been under what he has been the last couple of years, but I agree with you you've said, and last week was clearly his best game probably all year without thinking too much. Uh, but I am giving the second row battle, if we're taking up the way to Para, cause just because they are there, that is their go-to. Those edges, Sean Lane has come from nowhere. He's come from a joke on this show to being a, in the Australian team, I would assume. Um, as good a haul, is, if not the best, as good a ball hole hitter in the game. And Papley's whole game um, is hard, he's tough, physical. he's around. They're yeah. both... Uh, talked about it on Monday. They're both second rowers that are there all the time. They're there for pickups. They're there for deflections. As Villy's been good at again this year, um, and Martin, I think, hasn't been as good as he has been in past years in terms of that as well. Barn, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with the majority of that. To be honest, at at their absolute best, Villy Army Kikau for me is probably the best of the players that have been mentioned. Um, if he is in an absolute mood, good luck stopping him. Because if he if he just flicks it on and plays his absolute best football on the on the weekend, he could win the game pretty much on his own off his own back. Um, you've seen him just throw people around and score tries at will. And, and in some offload. ways, the best thing that happened to him was the twenty twenty grand final where he tried to push everything yeah. under the sun. Yeah, overplayed his and he definitely. he's now learnt to pick his spots. I think Penrith are a better defensive outfit in the outside backs than Martin. Martin's a much better defensive player than someone like Sean Lane. But um, it, it does come back. Uh, Papa Lee and Lane have just been more consistent for yeah. the entire season. Um, the I love Papa Lee. I think he's close to the best back rower in the game. Um, the way that he just continually bullocking runs through the middle. Um, he's not sloppy in defence by any means whatsoever and he, he, he does keep coming for 80 minutes. Um, as I said, at their best, I'd give the edge to Penrith, but I, I think just on a consistency basis, I think Parramatta may ask a few more questions than the back rowers from Penrith. And onto the locks, Yo versus Madison. Look, Madison made the New South Wales team for a game. He has been tremendous um, and continues to grow as a player. Uh, is anyone here disputing as Yo is the best lock in the game, Barn? No. Uh, apart from Cameron Murray, when they, he's at his best, that'd be the only other person that I'd throw in close. But he's more of a um, a worker than someone like Yo, who just has that touch that no other 13 in the game has. He's ball playing before the line and sometimes through the line, uh, which isn't as often as before the line. But the way he he gives um he just gives his halves so much extra time and space when he gets involved, draws two players and passes before the line. And proactively plays first receiver. Absolutely, and then. When he chooses to run as well, you generally you never see him stop dead. You don't see someone just drop him on the spot. He generally carries people with him for a couple of metres and then um, continues with a fast play the ball. So, Well, speaking of Ryan Madison, what are the chances he starts on the bench and Nathan Brown starts? Good. Because how many games this year has Ryan Madison been named to start for Parramatta and then ends up coming off the bench? Yeah, I think I, – I wouldn't be surprised if Brown did start over Madison and Madison plays 65 straight after that, um, just to set a tone, just because – and the flip side of this, and it, it leads us a little bit into a, in the next discussion, but I'll try and keep them as separate as can. The flip side is that um, 
especially if Appy doesn't start, they'll be looking to match Mitch Kenny's, who did put on some great hits last time, but maybe belt him out of the game and put him on the back foot and then play the Appy card earlier than they need to. I don't you know. think they'll be trying to hit him. <laughs> I think there'll be a couple of other blokes he'll be going after. Oh, I know that. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. Here's my I'm, I'm, isol- I'm picking out the one fucking bloke weak one. bloke wearing six and one bloke wearing seven, yeah. he'll be but, chasing. And they're going to have to look um, the, the suggestion that they're going to try and just break clear his draw in the first five minutes and cop it if he gets spinned is preposterous because you don't want to play yeah, in front of 12 blokes. Have, have but look at that chin. <laughs> well, Good luck breaking that. <laughs> well, what do you think, Action? Are they going to start Madison? That'll be rib no, shots. No, they're going to start Brown and he's going to go out there and try and just chop as many people as he can. Like, I don't... You could try and do it legally. You could just fit, like... Arthur could have just yeah. asked 15 minutes of just solid every time, effort. Every and time the ball kicked, make sure he's on his back. A- Any time Cleary touches the ball, put him on his back. Any time mm. Luai touches the ball, put him on his back. You know, I noticed well, more than ever in that South game now, I think of it was the um, the shepherd from Dummy Heart. Mm. The, it was just so blatant in the South game. But Cleary, I noticed as well, he was, South he was probably that, five metres deeper than usual as well. Yeah. So he was, you know, he took that extra time, went back a little bit deeper and made sure he wasn't getting contacted too much. The interesting part for me is if you see Nathan Brown come out there with the eyes rolling and going nuts, I know who's going to be stepping up from the other side, and it's going to be Fish and Leota who are going to go straight back at him. Oh, so. if I was, if I, you know, if I was Ivan, because you know Lino's got twenty good minutes in him, and the rest he's just blowing, I put Lino out there and just. Take his head off. Yeah. yeah. When he started staring daggers at Milne, that's one of the greatest moments of the season I saw when he got taken off. But um, part of the reason as well why I said earlier that I think for like the opening 20 minutes or so, Cleary will be kicking early is because I think Penrith will know that as well. Yeah. Um, and know that Brown will be coming, obviously, in the fifth tackle every time. If, Penrith, if he gets the ball, Brown will be coming at him. So I think Cleary kicking early as well will probably give him an extra few minutes where he sort of won't be able to get to him. Till Parramatta really sort of and Brown sort of really cottons on that okay he's kicking early here and tries to to work out when that is so he can get to him that they, they've just really got to in that sense it makes it difficult for for a Brown or someone to actually properly line him up and um, and go for him there so well let's get to um, <laughs> let's get to the front row then you mentioned fish this yep. is this is a, a cracking matchup barn how are you looking at this one yeah this is a a brutal matchup. You do have probably four of the better, if not best, forward front row forwards running around playing this game. Um, everyone knows my uh, rap on Fisher Harris. So I think he has been for the last two years the best prop in the world, and he's probably maybe just been matched this year by Tarpanay, but he's still out there doing the damn thing week in and week out. Uh, the way he runs the ball is just so hard to stop. Uh, he, he hits in defence, same as Leota does as well, but for me, his impact is probably half of what Fishwood's out there, to be honest. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, he can still fold a bloke in half and run over the top of somebody, but he just doesn't seem to do it as consistently as, as the others. RCG's probably had his best season in his career this year. Um, re- again, strong ball runner. He probably does have a few defensive issues compared to some of the others. Uh, and He doesn't move sideways well, does no, he? No, he doesn't. Old and region. neither does Paulo. No. But he, him again, he's just an absolute wrecking ball. At his best, he's as destructive as anyone as well. 
So it, I can't wait to see these four just belting into each other for a good hour in this game. So. Well, you, you talk about underrated, right? I think there's actually is an argument to be made for Fisher-Harris because you seem to hear every year when people talk about the, the best props in the game and that, it's usually a lot of pass and this year a lot of tarpany and that. And I, I think it's well-deserved, but you, you just sort of uh, don't seem to hear Fisher-Harris as much. Cop push Fisher-Harris like he's... God's gift him. Yeah. Or, or, or you'll hear, you know, they won't think of Fisher-Harris at first thing. And, oh, yeah, Fisher-Harris is up there. When I think in terms of consistency um, and how his teams – like, I would honestly say Fisher-Harris in terms of what he puts in every week is up easy top five players for Penrith. And that's obviously saying something in such a good team, still being able to put in those performances, similar to like a Payne Haas is doing it for a bottom eight side in – in Brisbane or, or Tarpany in a sort of a, a team that scrapes in the top eight like Canberra. But for Fish to still have that output in a team full of absolute superstars, I mean, I have to, I have to agree with Barney over the past two or three years, consistently the best prop in the game. And this is easily one of those games for him to stand up. And he's one of the blokes who I think really likes the challenge going up against um, the better props in the game as well. So up against Paula on RCG, I think he'll be right at home. I don't, I don't necessarily think he'll be feeling the pressure. He'll sort of be thriving off of it. I don't think playing in a good team makes your prop output any better. No, but but what I'm saying is he... It actually he, helps. He's, well, he's yeah, he's he contributing to a really good side. He doesn't get noticed as much as... Yeah, well, I know. And, and that's what he's trying yeah, to say. Yeah, if, you, if, if, yeah. if you parachuted him into... Titans have got an okay forward back. Uh, well, let's just say let's he's parachuting to Newcastle. Or, or, is he going to still do what he does? No. Probably. So, yeah. But he's going to do all of it. So he's also, you know what I mean? Like it's a. Well, again, it's interesting. It's, it's not like, quite Dally M. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of course. Yeah. But like, it's like you say, you swap him and Tarpany, for example, or him and Haas. You know, you yeah, probably stu- you're, you're, you're still you're still getting the you're still getting the same outpack output from those players as well. So I'm I'm an old front rower. So if you gave me the option to run third, fourth tackle off the back of hmm. work that Toto, Edwards and Tungo was doing, you'd put your hand up and do it all day. Yeah. I like, like Gordon Tallis puts it, he always puts it so well in regards to that about how good Webkey, how good Webkey made him look. Yeah. Because you'd have Webkey, you would have Petro, Seven, then Petro he could, and, Webkey, and he could have the third hit up and he was like, how good's life? Yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> you honestly, But you then think, when, if, if Webkey gets put in his ass, he goes, oh, leave me out of this you got, you got, you got <laughs> Edwards, you got Toto, you got Tungo bending the line and then you got either uh, Leah, like Moses or Fish taking that hit up. Yeah. Like, just, I'd, I'd put my hand up. I'd be running at blokes going backwards all day, every day. I'd be yeah. putting my hand up to do that shit. Well, not, and that's not putting uh, Fish down for what he does because I think Fish is the blueprint for the front rower in PVL ball. Like, yeah. he is he's smaller, but he's fitter. And he gets through a lot of work and he's strong. You know, it's like is, him and him and Cotter. You know him and is? Cotter are he's, the... He's Jared mm. 2.0. He's, he, he's the upgrade Slide of where Hargraves. Yeah, like, him. if you got the best of Hargraves and added, and like I said, Created for a bit of pace. Yeah. Isn't that who you get? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, and tone, tone down the nutbag a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but just enough. <laughs> a lot. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, Hargraves is a maniac, which I love. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a maniac. But, yeah, like him and Cotter are the blueprint for the modern front row. A little bit smaller, a lot fitter, get through their work. Bit of footwork. Bit of footwork. And, yeah, and just defensively they just, they just bind that middle up, you know. Sorry. Beautiful. No, well said. Um, so what about the parafel? So we haven't even really touched on Paulo. 
We mentioned RCG. You... Paulo worries me with his offload. Paulo has that just silky, on offload, that so just, silky just, ball skills. So just on offload, so I went and had a look. So Kikau is the leading para, uh, Penrith offloader, 41. Yep. Second is Luive, 21. Para have Madison, 45. Paulo, 45. Lane, 38. Gutho, 36. Papa, 34. Penasini, 31 is their tops, which is... Pretty, pretty nuts. Well, when you, when you think about it, like with PVL ball, it's, it's a fitness game because yeah. with the six again, you've got to be fit enough to be able to defend your mistakes and defend your errors. Um, with that offload, the second phase play, it puts more pressure on your fitness. And so if you're not fit enough to defend that, you are you are going to be punished. And you see that with Para. That's where Para win their games is they punish uh errors with their offloads. Well, a good late offload is akin to an extra tackle. It is. Realistically, yeah, it if really you're hitting is. the line, getting the ball away, oh. and then making another eight metres on top of that, that's like go, having go another hit Go back and watch up. the first so. 15 minutes of the Canberra para final. If you listen yeah. to this and need to have oh. this explained, go and watch it. They killed Canberra. You know, you know, it killed them. In 15 yeah. minutes, the game was over. Well, if you've got two blokes, one, two blokes in a tackle and maybe you left one behind, so those three blokes have now got to hit the ground, get up, chase again, Yep. Yeah. To, to either get back in the line or... Make another tackle, and I, particularly when you've got big you've got to reset backs who go can back then another isolate. ten meters again. Yeah. And, 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 and that larger man playing rugby league, the thing you hate the most is an offload yeah. because you have to reset and you have to and, chase. And it lets you then isolate your sevos on one on one. Yep, yeah, centers, so yeah, even a half running into a really like now a broken defensive line that creates all sorts of opportunities. Um, I think you've everyone summed this up quite well. The, the only bloke we haven't touched on is Leota. Um, you don't want to wrap him at some oh, point. Oh, I love Leota. He, he he, no folds, he folds blokes, he yeah. runs hard. He, he Again, he binds that middle up like Fisher-Harris. Like Penrith have leaked so little points through the middle and that's got to be through the defensive work of Fisher-Harris, Leota and Lenu. And, and Eisenhuth even. Uh, I, I don't rate him. But he's like the defence in, in, yeah. in the defence in the middle. They've binded it right up. Yeah. Let's get, well, final word. So are we, are we sort of half-tipping para front row slightly in front or is Fisher-Harris carry them enough to? I think um, Fisher, Fisher-Harris is probably going to play bigger minutes than maybe. Paul oh, RCG has been playing some bigger minutes mm. recently, but I don't think Penrith lose as much when they hit their rotation as Parramatta do. Yep. I think Parramatta lose a lot when Paulo and RCG are taken off the field. Yep. And I just think Penrith will be consistent for longer. So I, I would give the edge to Penrith, yeah. I tip Parramatta's front row. I tip RCG, how hard he runs, and Paulo's late offloads and just the work he does, unnoticed work that he does. I actually think the Parramatta's front row is better than Penrith at the moment. Yeah, if we, well, if we're talking front row in particular, I feel like Fish does have it and Leota has it in him to sort of go with him to, to match up to these blokes. And look, I, I think early on in the game, RCG and Paulo will be all over them, I think. But as the game wears on, as you said, Barney, as well, once those rotations start coming in, um, I think Penrith will get on the top. And even when those blokes come back on, they just won't quite be able to overcome it. Hmm. So I'll go Penrith. Oh, yeah, well, I'm sort of going Parramatta as well from the action school. But because I'm treating the bench separately as well. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. When they're on there, yeah. No. Yeah, the, um, the dummy halves. So great matchup. Appy has probably covered himself in more glory this year than he has all year. I, I firmly believe there's at least three or four games he won Penrith this year. 
and you can argue about, including some recently, very recently in the last couple of weeks. But he straightened him up last week. I, I, it is baffling to me why he starts on the bench. I, I hate this new thing of well, it's worked the past couple the of times. So I, I know, but it why. works. But it, both him and Harry Grant, like, don't tell me they can't handle what they have to handle. Uh, of course, yeah. Um, Appy more so. He's been there, done it. But he fixed Penrith last week when they were sort of floundering. He got him straight again, and he. Um, you talk so well about how his ability to get his forwards on the front foot and get him going. Um, he is he's just been outstanding this year, and uh, that pleases me for next year. But Reed Marnie is probably the best offensive hooker in the game, uh, in the conversation. Mm, yeah, in the conversation. Um, you got your Brayleys up there as well. Um, and if we're, if we're, if we're better, purely talking yeah, defence, no, purely defence. So yeah. well, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, I'm just saying Probably they're sort of on the there. same level. Um, he, kinda. His ability to produce a 40-20 uh, and have a longer kick, not that they play to it, is a, a bonus um, over Appy. But, um, look, I'm slightly – I'm edging Appy into this because I just think he's been fantastic, and rightfully so, and will be in some World Cup squad and deserved his New South Wales spot this year, Barn. The, they've both got very um, very good attacking sides to their game. They, they bring their forwards on – in, especially in and close to the line, they they seem to be able to isolate defenders with the, with a short pass and put um, players on inside and outside shoulders of defenders, which you'll you, I guarantee you you'll see a barge over from probably both teams in this game, um, with with one of the short balls coming off the dummy half. Uh, Appy I think's probably got a little bit more speed and ruck recognition than what Reed Marnie does. Uh, he seems to just pick his times that little bit better, and when he does go, he seems to create more problems uh, with his footwork and his pace than what Reed does. And sometimes for me, when Reed plays long to his halves, it seems a little bit slower than it probably should be. Whereas um, Coruscant is generally always out in front and has his players, he has his halves running onto the ball, which um, just quickens everything up and gets the ball movement is to Appy, the outside backs a little bit quicker. By Yo? So. Oh, I think anybody would be flattered by you. Well, yeah, be that's, not, that's not a knock. I'm just saying. Um, no, I'd, be flat, I'd be flattered no. by him if I saw him. <laughs> cool. Oh, sorry. No, but I'm. But Abby's service at the half this year has probably been better than anybody. Like, in my he, opinion. For, as a Penrith fan, he's a loss. He's a cheese. Oh, Abby, uh, to me, Abby is. Yeah, anyway, buy he's the key. He is the key. To me, I like. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Mitch Kenny is Jacob Little in a better system. 100%. Yeah. Reed Marnie's probably got a little bit more physicality Am in I? his defence than yeah, Appy does, but Appy doesn't miss tackles anyway, so he still makes his tackles. Oh. He just How doesn't sort of Sunday? push him yeah. back as much. I love much. that. I love How far is Penrith going to win by? I'd say, I'd just, I'd just give him 14 or something. 14? 14. Just a cheeky 14. <laughs> no. Last 20 minutes, mate. I'll kick their ass. Yeah, good. I can see that. Good, man. I like play, play with their food for 60 minutes. Kid. and <laughs> <laughs> if, if, they, if they win, you're going to buy a new jersey? No, why would you? If, if, they, they, don't, they, if they win, you buy a new one? What? <laughs> see you, mate. The best jersey ever. It is it's had a pretty jersey. rough 30 years, that jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> he's, he's probably had it since 91. I had a jersey like that when I was Yeah, eight. finish you, sorry. There's big Kev, big Penrith fan. We are in at the Greg Rooms Hotel. Yeah, no, Penrith. I was just saying, I'd probably give Reid um, the, the tick for defence just because he's a little bit more physical than Appy. But Appy doesn't, he's not going to miss tackles and they're not going to run over him, so... He still does his work. He probably just doesn't ha- doesn't hit as hard as Reed does at times. But there's there's nothing between these two. Oh, well, there's not a lot between these two. But I I think Appy's service just gets him over the line in a in a pure matchup. So, well, I think, um, 
Reed's obviously got him covered in the fence, but in terms of, I don't know, Reed's been a bit weird this year because he's been very good. He's been consistently one of their best players, but maybe less of an impact than in, in recent years, maybe with the Ford stepping up. I think Moses is really, and he was good last year, he's really stepped up this year as well. So uh, Reed's not sort of needed to have the same output or needed to be as integral a part for Parramatta, whereas Appy had... Not necessarily needed to, but Appy just sort of has four Penrith. You know, in 2021, Appy, I think, was a bit off after a really good 2020. I'd say this year he's probably eclipsed both seasons um, fairly well. And look, once he comes on, I do think Mitch Kenny will start. I think once he comes on, it's going to be a bit of a game changer as well. And it might be a little bit of mind games to an extent too, because the main reason I think they'd be doing it is because it's worked the past couple of weeks. But also maybe you do... It's not about Penrith wanting Parramatta to get the ascendancy early in the game, but if Parramatta do, then at least Penrith have got something to to strike back with, which is essentially what they did against South Sydney as well. So he can be that game changer after about 20 minutes as well, come on and then play the rest of the game. So I am going to give Appy the edge here. Again, you just look at the impact on on the side that they have, and I think Appy's just got that bigger impact on Penrith and that that game-changing ability. Not to say that Reed doesn't have that at all or anything. I just think Appy's impact on Penrith this year has obviously been greater than Reed's on Parramatta. It's, it's all designed just for the ruck to slow down that little bit and get a little bit messy, and then Appy comes, comes out and on and with yeah. his footwork well, and so speed and yeah. break, breaks up the middle even more. But In my opinion, Appy Coruscant is the key to Penrith. We are a completely different team when Mitch Kenny is on the, in, is on the field. And... Like he makes he makes Joe a better play, he makes Cleary a better play, he makes Luai a better player. Well, uh, well like, the service starts at dummy half, oh, doesn't it? Starts, it? Not just that, but he also he takes his he takes his two or three steps out, makes the mark, make a yeah. decision, and the A and B defenders they make a decision on what they're going to do, and then he'll give it off to the playmakers, and then it opens up all this space for Cleary or Luai to do what they have to do. To me, Api is the best hooker in the game, and he is the key to Penrith. So I give I give the edge to Appy every day of the week. Like Reed, you could get Jacob Arthur playing for Parramatta, and they've still got the same system. But Appy changes. You take Appy out of Penrith, our whole our whole system breaks down. I agree. And, and you only have to look at the last two finals games, and it's the proof is in the pudding. Uh-huh. Look at when they were playing South without that delivery and look uh-huh. at the last 60 minutes of that game. It's just there. Yep. And you know what's going to happen next year when he's gone? There's, they're going to win. They're going to be oh, as good no. a team. But there's going to be so much head scratching as why Penrith aren't quite what they used to be and the answer's going to be happy. I was talking to David I was talking to David before you blokes arrived at the pub and I'm hoping Luke, I'm hoping that yeah, uh, I think that's who they're going with. Yeah. Into a hooker because as much as I love Mitch Kenny, and he's, he's a trier. He's really he's like Kevin Kingston 2.0. Yeah, he, um, good old Kevin Kingston. He is not Abby Coruscant, and he's not he's not Damian Cook. He's not like he's yes, yes. You can go through ten, and then yeah, he's Kevin yeah. Kingston. Yeah, he's Kevin <laughs> Kingston. He's he's a serviceable dummy half, but he's not what. Penrith need. So just your, your comments on Appy quickly, because we've sort of been talking about it the past few, few weeks at times during the show. For you then, is Appy first pick talker for Australia? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm like, what what has Cook got besides breaking out well, a dummy half? Uh, from we've a, from we've a half sort of gone with the Hunt-Grant sort of combination, yeah. Hunt and Grant, but um, I'll see so you would be going uh, Coruscant first? To me, Harry 
Like I know, I know. Daggy loves him because he played for the Tigers. The Wizard, yeah. And also because he's good at football. But he's, uh, to me, he's overrated. Uh, oh. Harry, Harry um, he's a good dummy half, but he's not a great dummy half. He's um, quietly seething over there. No. Hey, who's going to be my favourite player in the comp next year? Just have a guess. Papali'i, I think. Papali'i, maybe. That's if he goes to the Tigers. Um, but no, honestly, like Harry's good hey, on the back can... of a dominant forward pack. If a forward pack's not rolling, Harry's not as good. Whereas a forward pack not rolling, Appy makes them roll. Yeah. Appy gets them above across the advantage line where Harry doesn't. And that was that puts him ahead of Ben Hunt. Yeah, the Hunt lovers yeah, as well. Exactly. All right, let's change gears. Let's get to the centres. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tango, who I didn't realise is the only Panther to play every game, but uh, yeah, Tango. And Crichton against Panasini and Simonson. This might be not as long a mm, conversation yeah. here, but uh-huh. we need to say something. Look, oh, go on, Ollie. Mm, you can mm away. What do you think? Well, uh, I'm going to keep it pretty brief here. Tungo and Crichton, I think, uh, can play better than those blokes, probably defend a bit better overall, attack a bit better. There's not too much to say, I think. Uh, Penis- Simonson sort of coming in as a replacement. Panasini's all right. He, he's done nothing wrong, but I feel like you're just going up against a, a different class of play here. I don't think Crichton's been as good this year as he has in past years. I think Tungo's been on fire um, along with Tail and May, but it, I think it's pretty clear who we're, we're going with here. Or, um, or maybe if one of you blokes can make a, an argument for Parramatta, happy to hear it. But um, yeah, I'm probably going to side with the Penrith boys here. Have a crack, Barn. Um, I've given Penasini plenty of raps during the year. Um, I know there's been a few games where he hasn't been at his best, but he's a definite, definitely an aerial threat, which is he's probably as good aerial threat as Parramatta has uh, for that chip kick bomb into the centre winger position. Uh, he's strong ball in hand, has a, has a defensive issue, laps in him occasionally, but um, Simonson, you know, he's your stock standard centre, I think, from... Basically, most yeah. most teams have got, you know, big enough, tall enough on his day can uh, beat people with footwork, but he's probably not going to light the field up at any time during the game. Yeah. Um, Targo's a superstar for years to come. Uh, that kid looks like he's got everything that you need to be a, a good centre. Um, gets turned around occasionally with the ball in and behind um, and can sort of struggle to get out of his own end um, with the kick in behind him, but... Superstar in the making, and Critter, we already we already know what that bloke can do. Um, he's another one who really seems to thrive on big games as well. He seems to get up and add that. He just got, seems to find that extra 10% in a big game, so I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and uh, burnt Parramatta a couple of times down that right-hand side for Penrith. So. Yeah, I want to add, uh, do you see Critter at Penrith in two years? Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, yeah definitely. He's, um, he's come through the ranks at Penrith. Believe that he he will stay at Penrith, and Penrith will make the effort to keep him. I don't think it's lack of effort, but I, I, as a Penrith fan, if if Bulldogs offered him eight hundred to go, you wouldn't match that here, would you? For him, do you reckon any centre in the game at the moment is attracting eight hundred though? Valentine Holmes, maybe Val, like Val would be it. Uh, Joey Manu, but he's, Joey te- Manu, he's te- but technically still look, a centre. You look, at, you look, at, you look at Origin where they'll throw any bloke into the centre because. It's, at the moment, in modern rugby league, it's not the position where you need a specialist player. So, but, but not Talakai. 
But oh, definitely. <laughs> fat. <laughs> Falico. Fat Falico. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, underrated goal kicker is the other rapper. Oh, he's great. He's, and he's, he's like, in, since um, since uh, Fanukan took his ear off, he's been like a racehorse with his blinkers on. He's been well, he hasn't been, he hasn't been, he hasn't been <laughs> distracted by as many sounds. <laughs> with his head gear on. He has yeah, been no. quite good recently. Yeah, he's been great. Running the ball. I've not much of an ad. He's been great. Yeah, he's been but I don't, think, I don't think any centre deserves 800 a year. And if any club stupid enough to offer 800 a year for a centre, oh, good luck to him. All right, the wings. We got Tua and. Oh, did someone say wings? Where? You already polished them off. Tua and uh, skid marks against Sivo and Waka Blake. Interesting matchup. Mm. I, I assume that means Sivo um, and Bizzer are marking each other. Yep. What do we make of it, action? Um, well, Sivo turns like the QE2. Mm. So you cup. Chuck a couple of grubbers behind him and see if Toto can get get in on him. Yeah, good good Which luck. Which he did in the first yeah. first final. Yeah. yeah. Um but where I I I really don't rate Charlie Staines. He's the one weak link for Penrith, I believe. I actually, he had actually, a very good game. I actually on think Saturday. last Saturday was his yeah. best game he's had. But for then Penrith. again the Richie Kennard try come through him. Rushing That's true. Off true. his wing, and then he just holds his arm off up his wing as like, well. Yeah. Like um, I'm, I'm not saying he's traffic. I'm not saying he's the fox. <laughs> I, I thought he's, he was better. He, than um, what we had opinion of. He was better, but I think he might have copped an earful from one of the players. Like, what the? What are you doing coming off your wing and giving so much space to your winger? Like we had him covered. Mm. He came in. Kenna, fair try or not? Got that try over over Staines, and it put us down. Like. Was it um was it Staines in twenty twenty who started over Naden and there was that whole thing there? Oh, when he was scored it? like four tries on his debut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, the grand fi- in the grand final though, was it yeah. Staines who started? Yeah, yeah. But, but I also, he, I also believe Naden. Uh, Ivan might have known about Naden's off field activities too. Got no doubt. Well, Naden hadn't been starting for a couple of yeah. weeks, hadn't he? Oh, like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I wonder why. That was a storm and a teacup yeah. in that they knew what was going. I on. wonder why. Like, Naden did come on and change that game, but it was too late. Yeah. But in saying that, yeah, he got done. He got done in the week of the grand final. Yeah. Okay, that's just me purely asking because yeah. I, I thought, geez, was it Staines who started that game? But, yeah. Wonga and Blake does exactly yeah. the same stuff as um, <laughs> as what Charlie Staines yeah. does. They both can't stick to their wing, which is – you wouldn't be surprised to see tries go down both sides of that field. They're One both, point. They both can be a liability under the high ball as well. Um and I'm sure they'll both be tested to within an inch of their life oh, by the end yeah. of the game. Um, Sivo, the big thing with him is you need to stop him early. You can't get him, let him get ahead of steam up, obviously, because good luck trying to stop him, especially in and around the close to the line. Both of these teams have a fantastic winger and a, um, and a liability, realistically. <laughs> so I, I think this is pretty much a 50-50 outcome of... Um, it depends how they play to their strike men in Toho. You know, they're going to be trying to get Toho on the outside of Sivo and Sivo's not going to catch him. And, you know, they're going to have Sivo trying to run over the top of Toho at different stages as well. well um, that's another thing, dude. Toho will not run over the top of Sivo. Sivo no. is but he can If there wrong, is any small man he, he who I believe in. Yeah. He, he does burrow under. If there is any small under. man yeah. who can do it, it's, it's but bizarre. But the, the irony this, the irony this chat is... It's the halfbacks that are going to make the difference here because yes, the yeah, best kicking game is going to make the difference. Or someone like we know, kick out with an offload to get 
um, Toto down the sideline yeah. or something. And, and like it's going to be hammered to death how Waka is Waka and he's going to get bombed from. If the first kick is not a bomb to his wing, I'd be shocked. And I'll be surprised if they don't um, visit, do the same and thing. It'll as be Danes, happening to be four, five, six times, and it'll go the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. But then, what we saw a bit in the first final was the Cleary faint left and kick right, and given his turning circle. You've got Siva on the back foot and there's a sniff for a critter to sneak through there and get a try similar to the one that he should have been awarded last week uh, and just have just pull their pants down back to the right wing behind Sivo. And I think it won't happen early, but it will happen at some point where they'll just they'll bomb, 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 and then the, the points will come actually come grab her in behind Sivo's wing. And, uh, um, yeah, grab again, in behind maybe Sivo. I'm playing 4D chess in my own head, but I can see that <laughs> happening. Well, uh, so but I, I guess are we calling it a draw, or are you giving? You know, I give Penrith a slight edge yeah. just because of the meters from the back end. Stains, given all the things that you do say about him, he does take that run out of his own end. And, I feel like his hands you know, are pretty safe at times. Yeah. Like, well, I, on the day, but I give the, I give the edge to Para because, like, yeah? being a Penrith fan, I am a Wonga Blake truther. I believed in that man's ability for years to be... And he can score a try. And he'll he finally fulfil potential. can be. And can he fully, like, do the potential against Penrith? Probably, because you know what? It's Wonga Blake and Penrith get all that kind of shit against him. So, well, yeah. you know Just what? Just the metres out of Brian like, Tato for me. Yeah. Gives him yeah. the edge. Well, yeah. uh, Bizzer is... Uh, Toto fast, too furious. So I've got to I've got to go with the biz man here. But honestly, again, and look at him compared to Sevo as well. There is more versatility in Toto's game. He he has more avenues, I believe, of getting around you and getting th- through you. While Sevo can get through you, that that's his main point of attack. That's what he heavily relies on. You take that away from him, I believe he becomes very limited. Mm. Toto, he can come for a hit up through the middle. He can go to the middle. He can go to the Support. edge. I yeah, think. I, I just think. He's got a more versatile game, and that's probably why I give Penrith the edge. I agree. All righty, we'll get to well, let's get to the five eighth, just because it's something to talk about. Luai versus also because it's our job. Luai versus Brown Barn. How do you line these two up? I've been a little bit underwhelmed with Luai this year, to be honest with you. Um, Is that because he's an underwhelming player? At times, yeah. Uh, He does seem to go missing at different times. (laughs) Action's getting it ready. (laughs) At his best, he's a fantastic footballer, don't get me wrong. But um, consistency-wise this year, I think he's floated in and out of games where um, he could have taken a bit more control. Obviously, he doesn't really need to take that much control because you've got the best halfback in the game running around inside you. But um, I've... I don't really remember too many games this year where he sort of lit, lit it well, up. We saw where games he has two years ago when he was flying solo seasons. and he was tremendous. Yeah. And when he's solo this year, he... Don't get me wrong, he's still going to cause problems. He's quick. He's quick. Uh, he's got good footwork and a nice um, sort of short passing game as well. And a little bit of a grubber. But uh, I'll, I'll probably give this one to Dylan Brown. I think it's probably been his best season uh, of his career to date. Uh, he's, he's a good, strong ball runner. Uh, has a nice, he's got a little bit of an offload in him as well. When in in the line, plays pretty well. And um, I just think that combination with Lane has been to the forefront this year for Parramatta, and it's been a big part of why they've done so well. So, well, Dylan Brown's so good that uh, on the Daly M Road carpet, they asked Cameron Munster if he was confident getting five eight of the year. He's like, nah, Dylan Brown should get it, and he was just fight it. And then Munster got it, which I think Brown probably could have got it. And I think Brown has been absolutely. Amazing this year, um, easily the best season of his career, and it, it, it probably with, with the rise of Moses as well. The 
the consistency of Dylan Brown's definitely helped, I think, as well. Um, they really do go hand in hand, and he, with all due respect to Jerome Law, we know what he can do. Unfortunately, he hasn't really done it consistently since Origin 2021. Uh, to be honest, I, I think um, Brown's definitely got the edge here um, in terms of what he provides in attack. And I think defensively as well, he, he, he's got Luai covered. I think he'd have Luai sort of covered defensively anyway, but it's just what we're seeing in terms of playing it to the best of their ability week in, week out. You've got to give it to Brown. I absolutely love Jerome Luai as a bloke, as a personality. And when he is on, he is one of the more entertaining players to watch in the game. It's just, it's very sporadic at this point. You know, it's funny, not not funny, just a fact. Uh, Nathan Cleary has, in three less games, has run more than Jerome Lloyd. More run metres, interesting. Um, yeah, you've summed it up pretty well. Brown and Power fans, kudos to them. They all picked it. They all stuck soldiers yeah. doing it at the start of the year and we'd written him off. Um, he's been fantastic. He's a tackle buster. He's an offloader. 47 tackle busts, Luai, to... How many tries this, though? Uh, 15, apparently. To Dylan Brown? No, to Luai. Yeah, how many to Dylan Brown? Trice is 19, 76 tackle bus to oh. Dylan Brown. Uh, and, oh, th- four times a run metres, actually. 800 yeah. to, three times a run metres, 8 to 2, 2,400. So, um, tell make, us why Luai's better. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I won't. I believe Dylan Brown's had a better year than Jerome. Um, Dylan Brown, I mean, you've really got to go above and beyond. Like Mitchell Moses look good, and he's done that. <laughs> so and there it is. Yeah, um, yeah. No, Dylan Brown's had a much better year than Jerome. Like Jerome's playing second fiddle to Nathan, and whereas Dylan Brown sometimes has to carry Mitchell. So watch yeah. Luai come out and brain it. Oh, <laughs> you watch, you watch, you watch he's, he's, yeah, he's got it in him. Like Luai has a he's got his footwork. Show and go. His show go. He can and he's. His ball playing ability is amazing, but like if you if you're watching Nathan Cleary do what he's done this year, are you going to step in and overrun him? Of course, override him? No. no, you're just going to play no. second fiddle to that. And well, that's he, what he's done. I, I just feel like their their combination, even like when Luai was playing better, their, their chemistry probably was a bit better. Not to say it's bad because Cleary can play They're well regardless, but I, I feel like together a bit more. They yeah. were a lot better. I, interesting. I just I think that's a bit more trust in. The rest of the Penrith team because he used to kick a lot. To, like there's so many tries they yeah. score to each other. Yeah. Whereas now they, yeah. everyone else they just them. seem to be no, a much more cohesive unit, and it seemed to be a lot more centered around them as a as a unit. So I don't know. At the start of the year, though, it's sort of crazy to think about Brown as well because it was it one of us who suggested it all? I think because in that trial game against Penrith, Dylan Brown played in the centers, and they'll sort of speculate. Gump said spec- he yeah, should be a center. That, that he. Might have and been he wouldn't be wrong. He'd be a fantastic yeah, he, 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 exactly. And I, I'm not trying to, but it, it's just um, sort of crazy to see like how how he's risen back up. Goes back to this my season. argument where Senna is pretty much where you just chuck anyone who's a good player. Hmm. All right. Well, the two big conversations. We'll go with the fullback first. Edwards first. Gutho, the two energizer bunnies of the teams. All right, I'll start first because I'm just going to say <laughs> Edwards. <laughs> Edwards. I think we're going to agree with you every day think, yeah. over Gutho. I like Gutho. Yeah. I'm just saying that. I'm, I'm probably going. biased, but no, keep going. Edwards over Gutho, statistically, much better. Even, but to his team, like Penrith rely on Dylan to start the sets out, and he does. He he bends the line. He never gets he never gets hit. He never gets folded. Where Gutho only ever pops up when there's a chance to make Gutho look good. 
and that's the difference between the two players. It, and it, I believe, and I believe, yeah, Edward Lavergatho every day of the week. Dill Edwards has the most run meters in the entire competition. It's crazy it? how that there's still a debate to an extent. I still see it every now and then that the Gutho Edwards debate, like it, th- this year alone, it's it's not even. I, I said it earlier. But this, Edwards didn't. Name a dance after himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not as marketable, damn it, so he's not we as good. We don't but have the Ed, Edwardino, yeah. do we? We've got the Guthrie, <laughs> we don't have the Edwardino. Well, as I said it earlier this year, Edwards is the best systematic fullback in the competition in, in the sense that he, he fits into his system better than any other player. But it, I think it's even gone further beyond that, even then. It's argument for currently the best fullback in the game. I think you could, you could stretch the argument. System, and he'd still be good. Yeah. And you could, and I don't necessarily agree, you could make the argument he has been the best player close to it this year. You could make, I'm not making it. But I'm just, win. I'm he just tickling. Win the M, so. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. So he's obviously <laughs> horrible. But um, uh, yeah, you know, he he has had a an extremely good season. It's it's hard to match Gutherson. I think towards the end of this year has actually picked up his game a fair bit. To be to be fair to him, he's he's probably had a bit more impact on the on the side, more akin to what he was doing early in 2021, 2020. But I remember the sort of the end of 2021 and into 2022, he did have that drop off a bit and he wasn't getting as involved, I don't think. But I feel like that sort of picking up a bit more, maybe off the back of your Brown and Moseses of the world. But I don't think he comes close to to Edwards in this matchup. I said it all last week about Edwards. I blew copious amounts of smoke up his ass last week <laughs> after the game. He can't walk. He blew so much <laughs> up his ass. He can't walk. I give Gutho the edge in ball playing and ball playing alone. That would be the only tick that I would give to Gutherson in uh, in a head-to-head matchup. Edwards' defensive uh, positioning off kicks, you never see him out of position. As um, Action said, every time he runs the ball, he never gets... It doesn't get enough reps because it was exposed to patrol last week. Defensive positioning, I don't think... It's one of the biggest aspects of the fullback's game. I don't think anyone better apart from Teddy. Well, what made... Laurie, like... What made Billy Slater such a good yeah, fullback? Because he was always in the was fucking always way. In the right <laughs> spot. He was always in the right spot to, to either, mm. even if he didn't stop a try, he'd make a play to yeah, deny a try. Part of the game. Like yeah. he was always there and he knew the game. And that's what Dylan Edwards has mm. over Gutho, over a lot of fullbacks. He. Like his positional play is the best in the club. He's not. He's not afraid to take a hit, but he generally doesn't get hit that much because he's always in and between defenders. Yep. Uh, yep. He, he's uh, he's elusive. Uh, he's quick. He's strong, and um, yeah, uh, he just plays a lot more direct than Gutherson. He's always on the back of that sweet play, looking for someone to put somebody into a hole or looking for a hole to open up for himself. So, yeah, I'd be giving Edwards a tick in that one. His ability to beat the first man so often on kick returns and set up a fast play ball which sets up broken field stuff is is tremendous. Um, Even just the role well, so for the, from the, where he's the come from. In, when we started this show, it. where again he's another bloke. If we went back and listened to it, he'd listen to him in 2019 and well, well, he was sorry, there's a reason why Ivan chose Dylan Edwards over Dane Laurie, which I believe Dane Laurie is yeah. a yeah. much more gifted footballer. Than Dylan Edwards, but and very savage in that. I haven't picked him. I haven't picked him over Dil over Dane Laurie because he he does all those extra one uh, percenters that yeah. Laurie doesn't do. There have been a couple of times this year, even and that first semi final against Parramatta was an example. Within the first ten minutes or so, 
Edwards made a couple of really bad mistakes and then went on to have a man of the match performance. He he just reacts really well to his mistakes now. So hey, if against Parramatta he, he, he makes a, a, a bit of a, yeah, a gaff was, early, then two, you can probably expect him ago, to win the Clive he, Churchill. Shut like, down and yeah, he just it'll be the end of it. Yeah. Alrighty, so yeah, the the last key matchup, I guess, well and the bench is Cleary versus Moses. Is this a long chat? I'm is not this even a gonna, short chat? I'm not is even going to ask this question because I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> totally biased on this shit. He's pretty good uh, player, Nathan Cleary. I, I think you could probably be biased and right on this one. No, but I'm I am. I am totally. I am totally biased on this. Well, good. just give us a name. Give us a name. Who? Oh, Nathan. Nathan. Every, every day of the week, like. When this, he, this conversation was much quicker than I thought. Oh, he's yeah. got every skill you needed out of your halfback. He kicks well. He's a, probably the best defensive halfback in the competition. He just seems to read football like nobody else that's out there at the moment. I, uh, yeah. If I, it's not on for his outside men, he'll take a hit or he'll run through a hole and score a try himself. He's just he's the ultimate halfback playing at the moment. Uh, Moses, don't get me wrong, he's been good this year, but he's um, lengths away from Cleary in my opinion. Like listen, listen to Talos on Triple M up in Brisbane last week, and I don't know how how much to take Talos at his word because it's Gordon Talos. But both Andrew Johns and Cooper Cronk said at at Nathan yeah. Cleary's age, Nathan Cleary's ahead of where yeah, they I heard were. Yeah, both Cronk, say Cronk, Cronk, I heard, I heard Cronk say it on and, 360. And Johns. Johns said it on the radio as well. And um, you can't. To say that yeah. about a young half, like, and they're, like, to me, Andrew Johns and Cooper Cronk are the two best halfbacks of the last 30 years. Yeah. The two best it, well, it, in and terms for them of minds to, as well. Mind, for them yeah. two to say that, to me, it says everything you need to know about Nathan Cleary. Like, yeah, he's got some errors in his game. And, yeah, in origin, he didn't take control of the game. And not just saying that the forwards lost the game in that, but I'm not here to defend Nathan Cleary in origin because well, Cronk was a people, have, people got their opinions. Cronk was a bench player in origin for a bit and Andrew Johns was playing hooker for a while. So, But, like, yeah. It's what people always forget about Andrew Johns yeah. is that... Um, he was behind, I think, three yeah. halves. And this is origin, purely origin, of course, we're talking. Yeah. But, but yeah. in origin, he played hooker for New South Wales. So, like, Nathan has learnt the lessons the hard way. To me, Nathan, he's still only Nathan Cleary is the best halfback in the comp, bar none. Yeah. And no, I think we all agree No matter how good that. Mitchell Moses can be and will be, even though I believe he's a fucking a flat-track bully bitch, <laughs> but... I do, I do not rate him at all. I do not rate Mitchell Moses at all. It, like you said, flat track bully. He, he looked really good against the Tigers at, at Bankwest when they're beating them by 50 points. But in a, in a hard game, in a tough game, he goes missing. Nathan tries hard no matter what the situation, no matter what the game, he tries hard. Like against Queensland, when New South Wales on the back foot, Nathan will try hard every minute of every game. Mitchell just turns up. He just turns it up. I guess. And to me, that's the difference between two players. And to me, that's why. I'm going to defend Cleary Mitchell here. I can't believe I am, but I'm going to defend Mitchell for a sec. But in a minute, after I say that, in addition to that, Cleary tackles like a lock. He's a, tr- he's a big body, big shoulders, and he tackles as well as well, there's no better defensive halfback. Yeah. I'd have to think. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think there is. And um, you could argue Jackson Hastings to an extent, but that's a different thing. Uh, 
he's got the most versatile kicking game. He's got the Burton bomb, which Burton's a one-trick pony. He's got a great short kicking game. He's got a 40-20. He's pinpoint. He's got the spinning grub, which no one has. Uh, and you can keep going. Uh, and, yeah, easy on top. Mitch I, Moses, so I, I agree with being as hard on him as anyone as him being a flat track bully. I think he's proved to be clutch in the last few weeks. I think he's been good. I think he's been very good. He's been one of Harry's bests when he's gone missing at those times in recent seasons. Uh, and I think he's an elite halfback now, whether that's confidence, whether it's lack of opposition, whether that's growth. I don't know. It's probably all of those things. Do I think he's better than Nathan Cleary? No, I don't. Do I think he's better than DCE? I'd have to talk about that now. No. Yeah. yeah. No. That's the conversation Last year you'd say one. no. Uh, Leadership-wise, no. DCE, yeah. um, no, I don't, because when you throw in captaincy and what DCE brings to Queensland and yeah, other clubs, that. it's incredible what DCE actually achieves. They're daylight to – I think that Moses is third and there's a, a nice gap there. Well, maybe not daylight, maybe four lengths. To put it in sort of its simplest f- form, I guess you could sort of say it's sort of overlooking Moses – can do this, 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 and this. He can do a lot of things. Cleary does do this, 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 and this kind of thing. I think Moses definitely has the ability to be up there close to and have Nathan Cleary-esque performances, and he does at times, but he just doesn't always get it all together, where Nathan Cleary is consistently more all around. You talk about the defending, the kicking game. Actually, he, he sort of brought his running game back a, a bit against Souths mm. last week, I noticed, and he, you, you sort of forget how good, good he is, how good he is running the ball. As well, he's great at oh, that. Um, so he's great at that. Like I said, he's great at that. You're gonna have to own me one it, soon. Oh, that's just, oh, just Jesus gear Come on, he's great at that. That um, end of recess grabber behind the line, and yeah. I'm just better than you. I, I just feel like as well. Obviously, I do think Cleary does has more, have more in his arsenal. Who brought but this bloke? Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Queensland. Yeah, anyway. I've really got to fucking go. So <laughs> yeah, we've got to go. We've got to get going. Talk about the bench and fucking give our predictions. All right, All right. bench. Oh mate, it, I I think it's pretty even realistically in uh, on the bench. Um, I think Penrith got a slight edge as they don't lose as much with their forward rotation as Parramatta do when they when they bring on their interchanges. The fact that they're still playing Arthur in this one confuses me. I'm was I really think they need four forwards in there. Um, I know like, at the end of the day, if you, you lose shits me. You a half an outside back, you have to. I was watching some cover, of the media say, oh. Oh, you don't have Jay. What happens if Moses gets knocked out in the first minute? Well, what happens if Nathan Cleary breaks a leg in the first minute? Like, yeah. You don't pick teams. What happens if Clint Gustin or Dylan Edwards gets knocked? You don't pick teams around who might or might not get injured. You pick yeah. your best 17. Of course. Mm, yeah. Sorry, Kerry. And, yeah, I, I just think Penrith have more impact coming off the bench than you're going to get out of this Parramatta team. Uh, they're very hit and miss, some of the forwards that come off the bench for Parramatta. And, um, yeah, Penrith got the edge for mine. Realistically, Salmon and Arthur are exactly the same player. If you're going one-on-one, Arthur's better well, than James. Uh, one's, than a, one's a weak gutted uh, dog. Yeah, and one's... And one, okay. Salmon can play in the centres and in a pinch back row. I don't <laughs> think you could throw Arthur into the back row. If I'm sorry, but any, yeah. any bench that contains Jacob Arthur is the lesser of benches. <laughs> and Kafushi and Nia are both very nice players who I wish were at my club and would do a good job as well, what's, players. What's Penrith's but, bench? Um, Sorensen, well, Kenny, Sorensen and, and Lenu bring so much off the bench. Uh, Sorensen's footwork and Lenu's explosiveness and adds number so 17? much. The weak gutted fella. Same. No, Penrith win that bench. I'm sorry, mm. but Penrith win that bench just on the fact that especially Lenu with his leg speed. Yeah. 
and he's Sorenson's 30 minutes so good. There's uh, two blokes here that, that win the bench. Like what, two two. What, what middle have Parramatta got in the... What, what middle have they got oh, in the Nick bench? Oh, Nick and Kafusi will be fine, but they're not expensive. But they're not, they're not middles either. Kafusi is. is. Kafusi is a middle. Kafusi will be a front row. Even coming on the front a trick, row. They've missed a trick. Um, maybe not having him. Well, you need a, you need a middle on your I front don't, row. I don't think you you need a middle. You need a middle in your bench. And Parramatta don't have a decent middle. Penrith got Liu. Penrith win that. They win the bench. Okay, fair call. In my opinion. I've been talking about him. And Jacob Well, Scott Sorensen as well. Honestly, brings a lot to this team coming off the bench. He'll play about 40 minutes maximum in the game. He'll run for at least 100 metres, make at least 20 Solid tackles. Solid in defence. Yeah. He, like, he, he'll do his job. Um, and I don't think Parramatta necessarily paired with Lenniou. I don't I don't think there's a real matchup For, for those two blokes, really, I think Sorensen and Lenniou are the two big keys, obviously, coming off the bench for Penrith. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like they put them over the line. Definitely. Beautiful. All right, our final word. But it's okay. You're already late. You're in shit, so don't worry about it. Who wins and why, Oliver? Penrith win 1-12. to 12. A lot of it, again, Nathan Cleary's kicking game. I feel like Parramatta start off hot. Um, I feel like they, have to, they could be up by 6-12 to 12 points early in the game. But again, when a nappy comes on, and I, I'm going to say it, I think he gets the Clive Churchill medal as well. The game does sort of change there. Penrith falls off the back of it, especially when your Paulos and your Campbell Gillard start to come off. Um, it'll sort of start to unravel a bit for Parramatta and... Uh, while they'll still be clinging on like they did against the Cowboys, I don't think they can beat a Penrith side that gets hot. So it'll be Penrith 1-12. to Clive Churchill medalist, I'll say Apisai Coruscant. And first try scorer, he's Toto fast. He's too furious. He's been in purple in a purple patch of form this final series. I'm going to go Brian Toto. Action. All right. Penrith, 13 plus. Uh, Clive Churchill, Nathan Cleary, first try scorer, Michael Sivo. He's uh, nowhere near as nervous anymore. No, look, he's... <laughs> no, no, I've had, I've had, like had a couple had a of drinks. Drink I've stolen some rums off fucking Ollie. You're like a pirate. You've gone and stolen me <laughs> yeah. rum. No, but I believe... No, honestly. No, no, Nathan, good, Cleary, Nathan Cleary <laughs> will steer Penrith around like... Like he's the best halfback in the comp. He will steer, he'll steer the Penrith side around. And, but I us say, Parramatta will start hot. And Micah will score the first try. Penrith's going to win. It's uh, it's inevitable. Uh, it's coming like the oncoming storm, which we're going to cop, which will help Penrith's cause in the wet, I believe. Yep. And um, yeah, what's Cleary to in Clive Hurtle dollar eighty? Although I know two eighty, anything over two dollars is is even though he won't be. Um, Bet, bet on him many over two dollars. At least uh, in the NRL era, there's never been a back-to-back Clive Churchill medalist. Yeah, right. So well, a bit of history it. there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. do I, who who will we vote man of the match? Probably Apicarasau. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be tremendous. Mm. Uh, and I think that first try score. Well, it's going to be the kicking that's going to be a difference. Uh, they have they have they cracked the code to power last game. They're going to double down on it. They're going to bomb to Waka. They're going to turn Sivo around. They're going to just shut up there. Once they shut down their back row, there's no future for Parramatta. Much as they to say, this, you, what you see is what you're going to get from the last game. And Cleary's going to get the award. Like I said, we're going to give Appy our award. First try scorer. And that is dragging it to a new Barney, to be honest with you. But uh, first try scorer will be Azaya. Oh. I'm going to go um, Penrith 1-12. to 
I'm going to go by seven, actually. I'm going to go 21 14. Uh, Cleary to kick the. Oh, that's winning a rugby field union score. With about 10 minutes it. to go, and then Penrith just shuts up shop for that last 10 minutes and holds Parramatta out. Um, yeah, Cleary more than likely will win the Clive Churchill, but I'm going to have a couple of dollars on Liam Martin. I think he's going to have a big game on that edge and cause a lot of problems. Probably score a try, maybe a double. Uh, actually, I'll put him in for first try. So Liam Martin, first try scorer. Penrith 1 to 12. Cleary man of the match and a couple of dollars on Martin. I can see this blowing out late. I can see this being like the South game. Bad that's anyway. why that's why it's a 13 plus. I can, yeah, I think it can be. Well, I think I, it's favourite. Isn't it favourite? Yeah, yeah 13 favorite. plus. And, you know, yeah. I, I'll, I'd probably have Penrith 1 to 12 and Penrith 13 plus over any sort of Parramatta win oh. in terms of likelihood. Personally, anyway, I'm out. Yeah, buddy. Can I just say one last thing? Can. After the grand final, make sure you watch the World Cup. It's going to be an amazing tournament. I'm uh, it. We got the men. Not only the men's World Cup, we got the women's wheelchair competition and the wheelchair competition. Like, I think all for, are going to be like, televised as well. What the greatest thing about rugby league? I didn't realize Adam Hill's part of the coverage. Yeah, he's part of yeah, the he, he's great, been the, the greatest over there as well. Channel Four, I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah. Over in the, the greatest yeah. thing about rugby league is our inclus- and there, inclusivity. Like yeah. we include everyone, and with the disabled aspect of it, with like bringing in the wheelchair people. Like, have you ever watched wheelchair rugby yeah, league? Yeah, it's yeah. Fucking great. No, yeah. but I am going to because they're going to televise it. That's which amazing. Is good. We're going to cover that. So, yeah, make sure you watch the Rugby League World Cup. Get behind it. It's going to be a great tournament. Go Samoa. Yeah, go f- go uh, we'll, Samoa. We'll talk about it on Monday. Oh, We've no. Got go Tonga. Oh, Goes, oh we, we also we're, touched, we're rivals. Oh. <laughs> We've also <laughs> haven't touched on the, the Dallium, which has come out this week. We'll talk about that grand final time. Be fun. As Barney leaves, as Action leaves. Well done. Right. Thank you, Action. Boys. Plug Thank your you socials quickly, very quickly, Pucky. All right, mate. Follow me at, at Fat Harry Lazy on Twitter and Instagram. I am I chat mad shit, but, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Bye. Cheers. All right. Just us, Ollie. We'll talk. Yeah. We may as well just talk Dally M next week. Yeah, weekend. sure. Apparently, you know, things are on. But, anyway, it's um, been footy and frothies. A uh, lot going on. Are you going to finish on? Uh, looking forward to this weekend of footy, and uh, I echo uh, action sentiments. A bit more footy to end the Doesn't year as well. A few, few more weeks, yeah. Lovely. Enjoy Grand Final Day. Um, good luck this weekend, Penrith fans. Good luck this weekend, yep. Para fans. Hope you got something out of this show, and we'll be back on um, a night next week to review all of it. Yeah, as well as are, the top are we four. doing? Um, and then we've got so we've got top. We've got the Grand Final review next week. We've got the top, top four, four review. Australian then, lineups. Yeah. Australian lineups, unless they're named beforehand, because then they're a bit superfluous. Actually, and then, true, um, yeah. and then next weekend it is bold prediction bold time. Predictions, so what we yes. want you to do is write into our socials and uh, give us your bold prediction. We don't want oh, wonderful um, win again. We want something a bit outside the square, a bit wacky that we can laugh about when we're drunk. And if it comes true, you win a fabulous prize. Such as when I predicted last year that the Tigers would sign Happy Chorus down. Did you, though? Did you actually? We'll have to find out. I, I mean, I, I, I predicted Tamalolo would be shit and leave the Cowboys halfway through this year, so... Yeah, we all tip wooden spoons there as well. Yeah. But anyway, looking forward to it. I haven't even thought about any bowl predictions, so I'm looking forward to all of it. And um, be good, guys. We'll talk soon, eh? Yep. Okay. Yeah.
Ja, det tror jag inte om jag har fart i. 